I'm a true champion. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Club Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Nix. As you know, now the absolutely scintillating guest that you may have noticed in the other window is none other than Heidi Katrina. You already know that. She's a worldwide superstar with good reason. Heidi, welcome to the Wrestling Club Podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> um, first of all, how are things going pandemic-wise? Obviously, not being able to train or work <laughs> at, at different venues and things like that. How have you coped with the idea of spending a year essentially not having the correct routine in wrestling? Oh my god, it's just mad, isn't it? It's like you have this like career and this life, and then suddenly you're like you transport to another realm. That's what it feels like, really. I'm coping all right, like. You kind of get used to it, don't you? Like just just being like on the road constantly to then just suddenly like not being on the road. It's like what? It kind of makes you like it puts a lot of things in perspective. Yeah, fitness wise, I can imagine as well, because for those who live under a rock, you are a specimen, <laughs> basically. You're uh, some people oh, like you. <laughs> some people liken you to like an Amazon, uh, mm. an Amazonian woman. Um, I'm you. not sure whether that's a flattering term or not, but either way, you are jacked to the gills, mate. Looking fantastic, you know. And <laughs> obviously, I wouldn't say that's part of your gimmick per se, because you know, wrestling is all about perception and everything <laughs> that people look at you as. But um, has it been difficult to keep that fitness level going has it been difficult to keep that you know the body in tune the way you would like it to be during the pandemic or have you found it easy being able to work out from home because you're obviously very clued up about nutrition and things like that god honestly it's just been you really just i'm never going to take the gym for granted ever again (laughs) like you know these these like sort of garage home workouts they're, they're a vibe once you get going but oh my god at first I was just like yeah this is not really the one is it like <laughs> do you know what I mean it's just, just getting all like revved up to go to the gym going to the conservatory like ah oh, yeah let's do it you know but what, what can you do like I've actually I found it quite humbling actually yeah because like especially when it was like the sun like summer it was lovely like you know the garden it wasn't too bad outdoors but I've literally been training like a maniac through snow, through winter, like outside in my garage, like when I've been home. And it's just like, it just kind of makes you feel like quite rustic, you know, like I kind of feel like Rocky or something, like back in the day when you'd get like old school about training. But I really am looking forward to the gym's opening. I, I can't lie. just want my, my sanity back, really. <laughs> Yeah, we're days away from the gym and I'm chomping. <laughs> I, I'm not a good home workout guy. You're up for it. Yeah, no, you won't see. I, I'd like to be able to, you know, stick the old log over my shoulders and start doing lunges and things. But I just, I like having the machines to do it for me. I'm lazy like that. I'm like, machine, help me out here, please. I'm, uh, you know, I'm too Tell old. me I'm stuck. Yeah, basically, basically. Um, So... Uh, normally I go for a more conversation style you'll know we've chatted briefly beforehand and stuff like that but something obviously I do want to get into because you know a lot of our listeners are based abroad in wild places like Peru and things like that which is really cool um so as far as you and wrestling goes um when's the first time where you step into wrestling obviously I could ask you boring questions where did you train who's your favorite wrestler (laughs) 
sorry, no, <laughs> yeah, no, I just find a shit a bit boring if I'm being honest, mate. Um, because <laughs> ultimately, you want to talk about something a bit more refreshing, but um, wrestling is obviously something you're really, really good at, and you. you must have had a passion for it coming into things. What, what really sort of spurred you on and really lit a fire in you to become a wrestler? Um, it was kind of like niggling in my ear, like when I was like, it just like I guess since I first saw it like as a child and then you know you do the whole thing where you kind of like go off it and then I, I ended I ended up like getting back into it when I was at university and like <laughs> I really like I went to see my friend liked it like one of my one of the students in uni um he liked it as well and he was like do you want to go like see it live and I was like yeah it would be like really nostalgic why not and so we went to like Raw I think uh like it was like 20, 2011 or something like that and I was still in uni and I was like my last year and I was like um I must have been about 20 and 21 at the time and I kind of always like had this weird connection to wrestling like it was in the back of my mind type thing like oh, I'm kind of big maybe I should do it right I love athletics I love like sports and like I'm an athlete maybe I should do it so it was like niggling away and then everyone in my class would always be like oh Heidi are you gonna do wrestling when you can do it I'm like guys guys when I'm ready I'll do it <laughs> And then I went to see it live. And when I was in the second row, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, maybe maybe now's the time to do this. I just felt like I was I should be on the other side. It was a really weird feeling. Like, I was like, I'm on the wrong side of the barrier. Like, maybe I really need to do this. Like, it's just, you know, it's like this feeling. And then the day after, like, I researched rest physicals and then that, the rest was history, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, um, <clears throat> all of a sudden you find yourself skyrocketed um, working for different promotions, obviously, when you yeah. out to the, you're very striking. There's an amazing appearance about you, which obviously stands out over a lot of different talent. And as you know better than anyone else in wrestling, you've got to be able to stand out. Otherwise, you know, people aren't going to be they're just not going to book you. Um, uh, I don't want to kind of launch over too much, but, you know, in terms of training and things like that, how was the initial impact for you? Because obviously you're athletic. You don't just, you know, you clearly weren't somebody who rocked up at training who was about <laughs> 350 pounds and then thought, oh, I might slim down and work my way towards this incredible physique that I have. Um, you know, right. you've obviously, Either like right. you mentioned, <laughs> you've, um, you've always been an athlete. Um it was it did you find it easier in terms of conditioning and things like that when you first started because of your incredible physique and shape that you're already in thank you it was definitely not an overnight thing it was still a lot to work on but with the with like the physicality of wrestling it kind of just I was kind of like a duck to water I guess like I just because I'd been doing like karate from an early age and like slamming people, kicking people on the wooden floor when I was like a child and then as and like as I progressed through the years I would I was always involved in sports and combat and things like that growing up and then so when I first started training I was like literally the first day it it, it changed my life because it, it kind of just felt like oh okay I like I like this feeling I feel alive you know I can kind of be a martial artist in my own way and I can like you know extract different forms and, and kind of make that into my own like little wrestling bubble so that's kind of yeah, I'd say it felt kind of like natural at first. I'm not going to say that I was particularly great at the first, <laughs> the first training session, but I had like a little bit of like knowledge about sports and rough and tumbling and jumping around and things like that. 
I was I was quite good at sports in school for athletics. So I've kind of got familiar with like jumping about, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, <laughs> Doing silly things. <laughs> I just like the idea. It's like wrestling. It's jumping about. Um, that's <laughs> kind of what it is. Very jumping about in pain, but it's yeah. enjoyable. Pain. Very violent jumping around. Um, <laughs> I'm just a weirdo. That's what it is. Yeah, you have to be a bit weird to be a wrestler. <laughs> really <laughs> yeah, definitely. I've met many weirdos in my time, that's for sure. That's um, where they all congregate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's uh, funny because it's true. <laughs> the thing that really excites me about you is you work in Japan quite a bit, don't you? And obviously that's a, a very... They obviously wrestle like we do, but they have a much more um, serious and much more physical edge to them a lot of the time, which probably was something that was very beneficial to you. How was it the first adjustment when you started working in Japan as opposed to working in Britain? Is there a big leap in terms of styles? Because I imagine the culture's a big kind of clash at first, but obviously you're very popular out there as well. Thank you. Um, well, I say this all the time on interviews, and I've got to say it again. Like when you first get that get that booking in Japan, and you get brought over, you literally better forget everything you know about the rest of the world because the same rules do not reply, do not apply there. Like within wrestling, within life. But I love that. I love a challenge. I love being dropped in the deep end. But yeah, when I got there, everything you just feel like everything, and it's a lot. I, I particularly am a big fan of getting stuck in and I really do like strong style. And especially when I was training in Britain, when I first started training like Robbie Brookside, we would train on the floor, like the Olympic floor. Like when I was training down in London, like it was all floor-based uh, movements and mechanics and still, until you earn the right to get in the ring. And so I really disliked that forceful, strong style from the get-go really. And then I just got just I absolutely like flourished in it in Japan because it's that's what it's all about the strong style but I'd say like in terms of styles the British and the Japanese have a very similar connection with how they work but also um I just think it they just really gel like I definitely have extracted a lot of Japanese from the my early British style that I've learned and kind of like meshed it together yeah, Japan is. I, I personally like Japan. I like wrestling where people let their shit in. I'm not really yeah. one who's like, don't get me wrong. I don't want you to actually murder someone, but at the same time, I, you know, I, I like it to feel real. You know, I am. I'm. I'm. I'm a miserable old man. I'm just like, this doesn't look real enough for me. Like, it's whatever. Um, it is real. All of it. We're fighting. We're killing each other. Well, that's the thing. And like, obviously, watching your matches and the way that you, the physicality, I was like. That's some good shit. Um, <laughs> we like that. We like that here at the Wrestle Plug. We appreciate that. Um, how like how physical is it in terms of? So people talk about strong style in obviously Japanese wrestling. That's the kind of they're the buzzwords, aren't they? And but there is something real about that culture of strong style. Real about making sure that your opponents can feel what you're doing. Yeah. Um, you obviously mentioned there's a lot of similarities. Do you think that it takes it even further than what the European stuff does? Because Europeans are very well regarded for being tough wrestlers. But yeah. what's the Japanese style like? How was strong style first for you? Is it something that you just immediately were like, cool, I can really lay my shit in immediately? <laughs> or is there kind of like a, a proving ground where you have to kind of feel the process out? 
Um, well, it kind of works both ways. Like I like feeling, uh, I like fighting my opponents, like my opponents fighting me, and I like feeling it. But it, we're in Japan, like it just kind of feels like you are fighting for that for the food on your table. You really are. Like these girls, they're fighting for their life. Like they left school, they dropped out of school, and they don't have anything but wrestling. And that's very prominent. And there's like that energy is very much alive in them like you can feel it and that's kind of why I love it there because I also feel like that myself like I'm fighting for something I don't know what it is like for all the troubles I've ever been through stuff like that like you just feel it. it's like a you know they say in in Japan they say fighting spirit it really much it really really is fighting spirit sorry I can't talk today but you know why um yeah I guess uh with the styles um I'd say in Britain it's it's very strong style, but they're completely different. Like the Japanese style is just um it's hard hitting, but also it's just it, you just can't describe it. But very much like, like I said, like that fighting spirit, like you know, it's like we are really fighting until the death. Like it does feel like Mortal Kombat there, you know. Oh, I love a Mortal Kombat record. <laughs> <laughs> um <You're> like <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. That's uh, yeah. I'm. Don't get me wrong. Don't be fooled by my size. I'm still a nerd. Um, <laughs> same, same, same. Yeah, I, I love me some more comment in it. Um, as far as <laughs> culture, uh, taking it away from wrestling for a moment. When you first get to Japan, what was it like? Because it's a very different culture, very different society, very unique outlook compared to what our lives are like you know we think that we're stiff upper lip and water we're british and all that but <laughs> at the same time you know like they have a very different outlook on how life should be led did you find it very easy to adapt when you got to japan yeah honestly i did um i think i guess i they they say that us english are kind of reserved and we're kind of like you know about ourselves and i feel like that really meshed well with uh, my experience my, when i first got to japan because i was kind of british and we were kind of reserved, but very respectful. And I guess I have some manners that I have learned in my life. So I think that really did help. I'm, I'm kind of, if I don't say so myself, I do think respect is number one. So I think that was kind of something that I've always been right, quite passionate about because I've worked in all different types of cultures before and I've met all different types of people before. So like slightly going off, but when I used to work um, at the British Museum when I was in uni, um, I obviously met all types of tourists and people and there was one particular gallery that I worked in and it was the Japan gallery and I was just absolutely mesmerized for it and I always wanted to work in that gallery and that gallery room and uh, when I got to Japan I was like yeah it just feels like home you know and I kind of just meshed in really well I, you know just I guess I kind of prepped for it mentally without realizing subconsciously that's cool. That's cool. Because, like, obviously, the, there's kind of like a thing when you're a wrestler of once you get, you know, be able to tick Japan off the bucket list, that's like a big achievement. Yeah. And they say that you always become a much better wrestler working in Japan. And like you say, forget everything you know, get out there and find someone to do it. How was the um, calling of the matches? Because I know that in Japan, they pride themselves on, you know, learning all of the words and things like that associated with wrestling. They speak beautiful English as well. You know, every time I go abroad, I'm always amazed. Uh, you know, I, I've been, I'm very lucky. I've traveled all over the world. Some things for wrestling, some things for other work and things 
things like that. And I'm just amazed by how fluent people are in terms of how they can speak our language. Um, yeah. Was there any kind of hurdles or any difficulties in Japan? Was there anything where you thought, oh, shit, that's something I'm going to have to start from scratch with? Well, actually, I'm quite lucky because when I first got there, um, I had some really cool girls there that were already there. And they kind of gave me like some pointers like, oh, you know, when you go in, like, don't, you know, don't put your bag wherever, sort of what sort of weight until you're told, etc. things like that. And I'm really thankful that, shout out to Cat Power, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, um, I really appreciate like being prepped about things from other girls like, before you get there. It just kind of makes you feel like you want to do the right thing because your first impressions are very important. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, um, the language, I actually knew a couple words before I went and I actually sort of taught myself Japanese when I was over there. And I'd, I'd learned some Japanese from a video game I was playing over the years. So I guess I was kind of used to it. But um, I just kind of would like listen to people and write down like like what they were saying and the pronunciation. And I will just, like, loads of the seminar girls could probably just uh, vouch for this. But I had like on my phone, like these notes of like, oh, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, you know, and I'm just like really, really just, dived in to like learning the language just so I could like just communicate the best I could do really when I was there and so it kind of just worked out like when we were wrestling like just moving around I've never really had a problem and you know there's a language also that we speak called <laughs> that the that the rest that the Yoshi wrestlers have like called called uh Japanglish which is like a mix of the two so <laughs> Well, I um, right. I, I look forward to sampling that personally. <laughs> Always terrified if I ever get a book in Japan. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, I'm gonna die. Like, Heidi told me Japanglish, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'll be like Heidi Katrina, help me out here. Like, yeah. yeah, don't worry. That's that's what the Joshi girls told me. They were like, Heidi, don't worry, Japanglish or anything. I was like, no, I'm gonna learn Japanese. How's that? Um. I love the women's Japanese style. I feel that uh, Japanese, like you say, you can very much tell that there is everything to them and you're fighting to put food on your table. It's a, a survival instinct. So much more out there, even though, even more so than it is over here. Um, how are you with intergender wrestling? What do you think about the whole thing? Because people have such, you know, I, I'm very lucky. I've got to interview some really big names in the sport and I've got to chat to so many different people and, Everyone's got a different opinion, um, but I'm always yeah. curious as to what a woman's wrestler thinks about it, especially in your position where it's very <laughs> evident that you could kick the living shit out of most men as well. Um, you know what? Like, I, I guess I kind of, I have like a, a different opinion on it because um, obviously as a, a taller, bigger kind of girl, I always kind of used to get kind of put into intergender matches, like mm. just, that's just how it worked out. Like everybody wanted me to see beat to beat up some guy, you know, like some little guy. And I, I guess I get it. But for me, like I don't really mind. Um, I kind of like to view it as I understand that it's very popular now, and that's fine. Like I kind of see it as um, you know, when you're playing like a, a video game and mm. you're choosing uh like Scorpion or something, Scorpion versus Sonya, you know, yeah. it doesn't make a difference. Everybody arrived uh prepared for battle everybody has the skill of a martial artist to fight so whether you want to be scorpion or whether you want to be sonya it doesn't really matter that the, the skill set 
is still the same. And that's kind of how I like to view that uh, intergender kind of section in wrestling, really. And <laughs> obviously, when I was like first in Japan, and then as I was like wrestling over the years there, I was in DDT. And obviously, I did a whole bunch of like mixed, like intergender stuff, which was super fun. Like, you know, as long as it's like lighthearted or cool, you know, or, you know, as long as it makes sense. But I guess with me, because I'm slightly bigger, I guess, than your average girl, it kind of, I kind of think, it, I, I guess it, it makes more sense sometimes that I get put into those situations. <laughs> but they're fun. It's all, all in a day's work. Do you know what I mean? What's the culture oh like in DDT? Because it has a reputation for being... <laughs> Mad. I've watched some crazy shit. Like, I love... <laughs> You know, Chris Madden Brooks. in a box of frogs, honestly. I've seen elephants and swimming pools, and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, God. I can't tell you how fun being backstage on a DDT show used to be. It was just absolutely just chaos. It was so funny. Things would just make me laugh. Like, I'd just come out, like, in my gear, just like, and I'd be like trying to get a drink from the vending machine. <laughs> And there's like some parrot like head guy talking to this baby. And they're like, you're right. You good, honey son? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I just want to get <laughs> some water. <laughs> I don't want to like disrupt anything. Like just, it was just wild. Like it was so much fun. But yeah, everybody was super cool. Like when I had the match, it was just fun. Like, I don't know if you have a chance, you can check them out, but they're probably, there's probably a couple matches on. <laughs> on YouTube of like the Crook and Hall ones. It was just funny. <laughs> I love it there. <laughs> I was curious because sub wrestlers take it very seriously and they think that DDT is <laughs> mocking the art, but actually, you know, Chris Brooks is one of the best wrestlers I've ever known and he's now made his yeah. home there. So can't be all bad. And also, who doesn't want to spend time playing football with an elephant? I mean, <laughs> works for me. <sighs> works for me. Um, Rather quickly, I did hear you mention Mortal Kombat a couple of times at this point. So I, feel like, I feel like we're bonding in terms of Mortal Kombat, which is good because obviously Sub Zero is my boy. But um, uh, also Reptile. I don't know why I've always been a big fan of Reptile. Yeah, fair play. Would, would you like to play Sonya Blade if you had the opportunity? You look like you're ready made to be in the Mortal Kombat films. <laughs> Thank you. Can I be honest with you? I, I actually I would prefer to be Cammy from Street Fighter. She's badass. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we're well she over. She was like my idol. Remake. Where's my Street Fighter remake? Like Kylie <laughs> Minogue was great, but I want a more modern one, mate. Oh God, please! Honestly, I can't. I've got every single like rubbish Mortal Kombat like budget bloody DVD <laughs> VHS video, right? And I used to like sit there like this, like fifteen or however old I was, like, wow, that's so cool. Now look, I'm like, nah, mate. <laughs> Cammy would suit you perfectly, please, actually. Please yeah, take no, over. No. Somebody remake these films. Like, stop remaking good stuff. Leave that alone. I.e. Jurassic Park. Leave it alone. Yeah, remake really stuff that needs your help, like Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat. Again, goddamn it. Anyway, I said something. Are you one of those people who was like a buff for like terrible martial artists, like as a kid, like because I got into martial arts yes. really young. <laughs> I was obsessed with Jean Claude Van Damme when I was like ten. He's yeah, I was like, I still think he's amazing now. Bloodsport. Yeah, I've watched Bloodsport about. I want to hazard a guess at around three hundred times. Like it's unhealthy. Oh god, love it. I love Bolo <laughs> Young. I think he's like the perfect villain of all time. <laughs> I'm just like, it's like my <laughs> that's dream. Like my opponent. study material. Yeah. <laughs> but for wrestling. 
how long did you do martial arts for? Because you mentioned karate and stuff like that. Is that something that you still practice? Yeah, so I did uh, karate when I was younger. And then I, when I got kind of into wrestling, around the same time, I kind of started doing uh, MMA as well on a, sun, on a Sunday, which was epic. But I actually started, um, <laughs> it was really funny because my, my teacher, uh, I was kind of training, doing shoot wrestling, doing amateur wrestling, and I did MMA. And my teacher was like, yeah, yeah. So Heidi, we'll put you in a fight straight away. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, money maker. Like, I love fighting, and I really love MMA. It's awesome. Like, I love getting stuck in, but, you know, I've got to remember that I'm also going to be a pro wrestler. I'm trying to be a pro wrestler. I need to be careful with the face. And I said to the guy, I was like, my trainer, I was like, is there any chance I can have, like, some sort of protective gear? Because I don't want to get my face all mashed up, like, when I'm doing a wrestling show, you know? And he was like, nah. So I was like, ah. Oh gotta make a choice haven't I is it MMA or is it pro wrestling and it was just really like I just really got that buzz from especially like I would do like hours of time on the bag in the corner just just getting like I would just be elbowing it doing roundhouse until my elbows were like busted up like bleeding and I was like I blame blood sport for that do you know what I mean sick very sick <laughs> Yeah, I still dream that one day. I still dream that one day I'll be Paco. Like, that's, <laughs> like that's, when I was tidy, I was like, "Oh, cool, somebody who's like, because I'm mixed race." And I saw him, and I was like, "Oh, cool, an Arab fighter. Like, that's sick." Like, you know, so yeah. you know, he was like my idol growing up, along with Jean Claude Van Damme. Obviously, <laughs> I'm not sure if there's a weird man crush going on there that I'm just not aware of. But it's um, fine. I've got a, like a girl crush on Lara Croft. Like, she was my girl growing up. Like, she's the best. Have you played the new Tomb Raider games? Yeah. <laughs> Not, a thing. Not really too happy. I'm, I'm a massive, massive Tomb Raider Lara Croft fan. Like, I used to be a bloody lookalike for her. Like, I'm obsessed. Hmm. So, like, I'm kind of a little bit disappointed about the new games because I feel like they're just going in the other direction. Like, they're, they're straying from, from what I love, like, and what I remember Lara to be, like she was she didn't need all that stuff she didn't need all those you know I just feel like they're going a little bit off track and I think it's all because Edios left and Core left and then someone else took them over so I don't know I, I hope it will just go back to like the turquoise boob tube and the shorts and the pistols and that's all she needs you know and she was five nine I was like oh my god it's like me you know the um yeah, no, I was, I was just curious because like they're brilliant games, but then they've also strayed to a more darker sense oh. of storytelling, haven't they? They've gone away. Yeah, they're from fun, the... but they've come on. Like, I miss you the don't need all that. What's <laughs> caves? Just caves and running around and bears. Like that's all you need. Yeah, I'm still, I still get <laughs> shit up. <laughs> I still remember playing on PS One and getting shit up by that giant spider. I'm like, nah, that's all right. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm doing. I love it. Dinosaurs. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the other thing. Is I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like, I keep forgetting. It's scary, even though they were like pixelated blocks. It was terrifying. It was actually, yeah. Nowadays, like, it shows how fucking old I am because I'm whinging about like how the state of the new ones with you, and it's like we're spoiled now in the way video games. Uh, <laughs> um, you said Cammy. You said you know Sonya and things like that. Who is very much the ultimate icon for you in terms of you know female empowerment and strength in terms of it could be someone who's like a fictional character or even someone in wrestling is there anyone in particular that you look up to and draw a lot of strength female, Just female, female or male? male okay well <laughs> two of my inspirations are actually uh, video game characters so 
uh, one I just touched on, which is Lara Croft. She is my like my idol. Like she was an idol of mine when I was growing up, and she still very much is. Like everything she stands for as a female archaeologist and everything she does as a woman, like power, I love it. My other um, inspiration is Rio Hazuki. I'm sure a lot of my fans know that because I'm obsessed with Shimu. And Shimu is a game, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it was a Japanese game on Sega Dreamcast like back in the day. And I just really loved the story of Rio and how he just, he was a karate boy. And he, one day, you know, his, his father got murdered by this martial artist and he was just on this revenge trail at just 18 years old. And he, he was so powerful, so strong. And what I observed from him that I observed when I was a kid and that I just kind of like trickled into real into adult life is that even though no matter what this this guy Rio this boy has gone through he still was so pleasant the way he talked he was so pleasant he always helped people he always uh he was just so so caring still even though inside he was fighting this horrible battle and I really like studied that and I, I really just I was like that's that's an idol to me, like someone who can be such a powerful, deadly martial artist, but have so much respect and just humbleness about him. And those characters combined is kind of uh, what I kind of look up to, if that makes sense. <laughs> is the, um, like your ring gear and stuff like that, would you say you've drawn inspiration from that as well in terms of the way you present yourself in wrestling? Um, my all my ring gear and my like my outfits are actually all designed by me. So like I kind of draw it myself, oh. and because I, I used to draw like uh, a lot of like sort of Amazonian women when I was younger. Like I would draw them and study them because I was just like so blown away by that kind of statuesque, strong like women's empowerment kind of like figure. And then I kind of realised that over the years I kind of made myself into my illustrations like with my gear and my physical appearance, like I've just kind of like sculpted out my drawings. Cause I just kind of want to be the emblem of like strength for like my, I guess for my inner child, if that makes sense. Mm. There's a- um... Want to be deep there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, that's very much. Love it. <laughs> um, there's very much a stereotype with Japanese women's wrestling that they're either monsters like Aya Kong or they're you know pretty the pretty ditty little things that people want to you know stupid things that people want to think and assume like Riho and you know women of that nature even Hikaru Shida who although being amazing is also you know more on the slighter side of things um how did they take to you when you arrived because like I say you know tank mate like you know proper <laughs> proper tough you know incredible <laughs> imposing physique like was Thank there you. very much a case of like ah very nice <laughs> like uh, somebody that we can really <laughs> test the waters with or like um, you know because I doubt Japanese wrestlers get that intimidated <laughs> to be fair <laughs> I've had a whole bunch of matches from Sheena uh, she's awesome um yeah gosh we used to all of us Naya Nyla Rose we used to all wrestle like every week like a couple times a week it was awesome like traveling that little tiny bus like <laughs> loved it but yeah Hannah was there too by stuff um yeah I guess um I just kind of like evolved really when I first got there it, I was just kind of taking it by bit by bit but I guess 
I kind of just fit in. And I guess um, the Japanese uh, Joshi girls, they kind of just saw me as this climbing frame. They were like, ooh, you know, we can do all like, you know, let, let's, you know, and, and I loved it because I could like throw them around and things like that. And I guess that's how it was really. That was the dynamic. It was just like, just, I was just a big climbing frame <laughs> and we could just, we could really just push the boundaries of like our athleticism together, you know, because of my size and because their size. And I've got a massive, massive lot of respect for those girls because people just, they judge them. They're like, oh, what, what can you do? She can, you can blow her over if you want. It's like, you don't understand that when you're not there, that girl is on her knuckles doing like a thousand bloody push-ups. You know, so don't, you can't judge a book by its cover, honestly. Yeah, I, that's my impression. Like, even right now, I feel like I'm, learning more about it because you know yeah. I'm not I'm not gonna lie to you like there are times where I see someone like, like I love Riho's work I was very lucky I went to the first dynamite and I remember her and Nyla Rose for me had the best match of the night like and it's not me blowing smoke I just generally think a lot of times the women actually do have better matches and we're just so enamored with the idea yeah. don't get me wrong like Cody Rhodes is a beautiful man I could stare at him all day <laughs> you know at the same time I'm I like working with Nyla <laughs> I love Nyla Rose. I adore her. Yeah. I champion her on this podcast a lot. Those women, obviously, are working in AEW awesome. right now. And obviously, they just had the Japanese bracket as well. Um, mm. I imagine you would love to have been a part of that. Do you feel like that's something that hopefully you can, you know, attain later down the line? Or are you happy in your current scenario? Yeah, definitely. Like, I think everything just, I had so many things in the pipeline, so many, like, exciting things coming up and just like I had like I basically like to plan things out in my head like you know I'll do that and then this and then this and then I'll, I'll take that person up on that and, and I think that literally just all got like derailed because of this pandemic and not only that I actually got a really big injury doing a charity show for my friend just before the pandemic like the timing I'm kind of thankful for but <laughs> I actually broke like my like a couple bones in my foot and I was still trying to wrestle and it wasn't I was on OVW and then uh, bless him uh, Chad was like come on Heidi like I know you really want to train and you really want to but you can't walk so let's take you to hospital you know and I literally had to get pulled off because <laughs> I was like no I still want to fight guys I still want to wrestle like you know and then I kind of was out for a bit with that even though I was still trying to wrestle with one leg but I was like okay you can't Heidi take some time out and then I kind of had in a, myself in a cast and this virus came about and then I had to go here and then it got cancelled and it got moved. And so I don't really, um, I'm just happy to when this is over with and I can just go back to like flying and I can go back to being a butterfly and just wherever that will take me. But I would absolutely love to get in the ring with those girls again because I miss our times in Japan, all of us. And I absolutely love their fighting spirit and just... I can't tell you, we had, we had some really, really good times over there and a lot more to come. Would you like to live in Japan eventually? Um, well, I lived there for four years. Hmm. So, yeah, I actually lived, I've lived in four different prefectures, um, Chiba, Tokyo, Sendai, and um, <clears throat> yeah. So I've already kind of lived there and I loved it there and it's like another world, but I definitely would love to go back there and live there, I guess. But where I am right now, I'm just kind of moving around once we're able to, and I'm just kind of testing out the waters everywhere. But 
Japan is always my home and it's always my beacon. Like I always kind of, I, I have to go back and see my fans and see everybody. I don't know, my heart's in Japan, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of sweet. Yeah, no, I am. Um... England, obviously, well, family, friends, all that, but you know. <laughs> Yeah, the thing is, like, the English, though, don't care. So all the English fans are watching this thinking, yeah, England's rubbish, don't worry about it. Like, <laughs> even if even if it's the best place on earth, we've got to kind of be miserable about it because we're British, isn't it? So I was like, yeah, whatever, fucking ain't Britain. Fine. <laughs> I know, isn't it funny when you go abroad and people are like, oh, England's amazing. It's so, I'm like, yeah, it's great. Yeah. I don't live there, but it's cool. <laughs> no, but I, I used to, like, I've done, like, I guess I've done my stuff in England yeah. like I, I don't mind I, I honestly I still work in Europe like I still when I'm back home I work for Eve I, obviously I work like at different places and I'm in Finland as well like you know things like that I don't mind but um I just for me I guess I've always kind of like well I just like being on the move like traveling like seeing new things seeing new challenges like stepping on new ground like just things like that yeah, I was going to ask you, actually, you've pretty much answered the question for me, like, the <laughs> mentality of being a wrestler, like, that's what drew me into wrestling, and to be honest, life in general, I love culture, I love, you know, growing up in a very yeah. different foreign household for me was very cool, because then I was, like, privy to English culture, but with different cultures in my own home, and things of that nature, Definitely. so I... I really love that idea. And it's always really cool because I'm yet to meet a wrestler who genuinely is like, nah, I don't want to leave Britain, mate. I'm all right staying here. <laughs> I've never met a wrestler who says that. And that's kind of part yeah. and parcel of the business. Um, yeah. There's a big world out there, you know. Why not go and see it before it's too late? Like, I want to look back and I want to be like, yeah, I've done everything I wanted to do. Like, I lived my life to the fullest, you know. Do you have anything on your bucket list? Yeah, so many things. Uh, I, I believe it or not, out of all the 14 countries, I have yet, even though I became CMLL Rainer like champion, I still haven't had the opportunity to go to Mexico. So that is definitely, I know no one believes me when I tell them, but yeah, I, I was just, it, it was in the pipeline, then it got moved, and then it was just like, and then I had to go to America, then I had to go to like Canada, and then it was Japan. It was, all, it was always like back then, it was something always like in the way. So I would like to get that, um, get that ticked off at some point. That'd be really fun. Cause I've done, um, I don't know if you saw it, but, Triple uh, A were over in Crockham Hall, and I was um, on that show, and it was uh, the World Cup, like Triple A, like series, and they'd come over for it, and I was like the I was obviously came out with my English flag, like, and it was just very like patriotic, and I loved it. All the different countries, it was so cool. So I would have loved to to have um, done that in Mexico as well. So yeah, never say never. Yeah, I've kind of fallen over Mexican wrestling. That's my dream is to work in Mexico. Um, I love awesome. Triple A, obsessed with it. And that's actually the first real sort of footage of you I saw was actually you working for that Triple A kind of in conjunction with them in Corican Hall. Um, which, by the way, working in Corican Hall, which is like, you know, for a lot of wrestlers, is kind of like a mecca in its own right. What's that like? That first time you step into a building of that nature with that kind of history? <laughs> Oh gosh, I've I've wrestled in Crockham Hall more times than I've probably caught a bus. Really, like it, it, we were <laughs> very, <laughs> we were we were always on the move. Sendai girls and always like I was obviously there for four years. And we and Crockham Hall is like the beacon. Like you're always 
always wrestling there and I was very like lucky enough to to wrestle in that vicinity like loads and loads of times I can't kind of remember the first time because because not only that like we, I would obviously go to watch other uh, other guys working too like I've definitely I would always get invited to like New Japan shows things like that or like Noah and think just everything like that and so I was kind of always in Crocker Hall like and also I, when I lived in Tokyo I lived by the Tokyo Dome city so I was literally like a c- couple minutes away so I was always there it was it's just there's something so like I can't describe it like so like say I'm coming from my house my suitcase I've got a show you just get like you, you start to get to like the corner and then you just feel this, this energy this adrenaline and you can feel it and you haven't even you can't even see like the hotel yet but you then you get closer and you're like and you feel that energy and Crock and Hall just has this like pull like it's just and then you wait when you get up the elevator and it's like it's just so awesome like and when you do a show there it's just on another level so like yeah it's just something very special about that place it really pulls you in I mean think about all the history there and just oh god all the blood sweat and tears all the passion yeah I'm um, always I'm spellbound by Japan as a whole, to be honest. Like yeah. I do, I and I'm I'm I've, I'm surrounded by so many people. Like my friend Tanvir is a huge, huge fan of Japanese culture and wrestling, and just watching it. Like I'm, I love pro wrestling Noah as well, and I really like all Japan as well. Joel Redman's one of my favorite kind of people. He's somebody that I've spoken to at lib and ad nauseum about Japanese culture and wrestling. Yes. So I um, although terrified, terrified at the sheer idea of me actually. Oh, work out you there. would love it there. You would love it. Yeah, like when you're doing your up close, you just bang, and you can just see the sweat fly off. And, like, yes, I do off. love that. <laughs> <laughs> I will there... let you know that when you go there, you, if you ever if you ever get invited or you ever catch a hardcore show or a deathmatch show, I'm just gonna let you know, do not sit in the front row. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, me and my I was like my okay, so like my I guess my friend my my friend took me there and it was he was like, yeah, yeah, just gonna grab a drink first. You sit there, yeah. I'm like, awesome. And he was like, it was the first mat, literally just just glass and I was so it's like like a like a family with like the kids and, and stuff and the kids are like yeah and I'm like Japan yeah. sheets of glass like everywhere I'm like is this is this fine like two o'clock in the afternoon like okay why not yeah seeing your own blood is an experience but being covered in someone else's is something entirely different I'd imagine for them. Yes, it was pretty pretty crazy, but you know, I love it. What's your thoughts on death matches? Would you like to participate in them? Um, do you know what? Like, I, I've been hit with various objects in my time, and <laughs> one of the most brutal I've got to say was uh, a black belt. I got <laughs> absolutely caned by a black belt in a match in Shin, Shinjuku. Was it Shinjuku? It might be Shinkiba. Shinkiba first ring. I got absolutely annihilated, like, and I've, I've been hit with boards, like Kaoru-san has hit me with seriously massive boards. I've had Asia Kong hitting me with, like, the trash can, but that black belt, oh, my God. 
I felt that for years ahead. <laughs> so, I, but honestly, like hardcore matches, I love them. I think they're great. I think it adds to like another dynamic to it. But I also like just rare, just kind of raw combat too. But like death matches, I never say never, but I have a massive respect for people that do it. And the women that do it, I think it's, that's badass. But yeah, I wouldn't say never say never, but I kind of like... Um, I like kind of just getting like stuck in like fighting rather than like you know but it's cool it's cool to watch um, <laughs> definitely impressive it is very yeah <laughs> like there's a, i've got a really weird morbid curiosity with death matches i'd love to do just one like because i don't mind getting i'll tell you i'll tell you real quick <laughs> well, i just bought something really funny i was at a show in detroit and schlack was there and there was this massive deathmatch show, right? Um, and our fan, like, in the locker room, didn't have anything. It was like propellers. It was like... <sighs> and it looked like any minute it was going to fly off and, like, kill us, right? And these all these guys, they're like, you know, they're like, oh, God, are we going to die? And I'm like, <laughs> you're going to go out there and kill each other. Like, what's going on? And I remember watching, like, I think they, I, it was so cool. Like, I watched them watch their matches and I see I think I saw like Schlack was in there and I just see this and this sea of just white glass mist and blood I was just like and like skin particles I was like that's pretty that's pretty sick okay <laughs> and we're all just like watching at the locker room like oh my god and the propeller is it gonna kill us like you know what do we look at mad GCW, mate. GCW, they are <laughs> a different. Schlack scares the fuck out of me. I'm like, most death match guys. Horror Slam show actually. It was horror, It was called uh, a company called Horror Slam actually. I don't know if you're familiar with the Detroit kind of area. Some really sick wrestlers out there, though. Like, oh, I lived out there for a while. God, bloody oh, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the um, is there anywhere in particular where, like, obviously you mentioned Mexico? Would you like to? I get the impression that wherever you go, you like to live there and take in the culture as well. I really respect Definitely. that because a lot of people 100%. are very scared if they're like, you know, going out of their front door. Never mind anything <laughs> <Yes>. else. <laughs> is Mexico kind of like the number one place to live and work now? Or is there anywhere else far afield? Like, because obviously, I know you mentioned Finland, Denmark starting to really come through. They've got a great scene that's really starting to blossom. I just had oh, I love it, on. So, you know. Is there anywhere in particular you'd love to go that maybe is a little bit further afield, somewhere that you never thought you would be interested in? Um, I'd like to return to America and finish off kind of like what I kind of started and, and Canada maybe too. But there's some other places um, that I've been um, invited to that I've never really been to, like places like Dubai and Egypt and things like that and I guess India I'd like to do some really I'd like to really drop myself into the deep end because as actually like you said yeah I really do really appreciate other people's cultures and I like to learn how their way of life is and I like to kind of adapt to what I'm what I'm experiencing and I, I just really respect that and I really enjoy that process and yeah wherever it will take me I just kind of for me, I want to be dropped in the deep end because I don't think anything else can get thrown at us after this bloody one year, whatever the hell you want to call it. <laughs> I don't even know what to call it anymore. Is it, is it a virus? Is it like an apocalypse? But yeah, you know, I just want something where I can just 
I like just a new challenge every time because I think that's really how you advance as a human being and just become the best version of yourself like as you keep adapting you know wherever you go yeah I can't really add much to, that, to be honest like, that's just uh yeah no I, I love your vibe I love your style I'm really in awe of yeah. that and I really respect that so it's lovely to yeah. hear <laughs> As we work towards the end, I don't know if you've uh, heard much of our content, we now have a thing called Word Association. I'll throw out a few wrestlers' names and you feel free <laughs> to give me a word to describe these wrestlers. Now, this is fun. Uh, yeah, just, just in case for post-edit, uh, in case there's any names of people that maybe you don't like, I'll, you know, let me know after <laughs> the fact. What a C-bomb. <laughs> yeah, no, you can swear as much as you like, but I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see whether it comes back to you. I mean, I we're anyone... British. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say, I don't think anyone's gonna take you up on an offer for a fight anyway. They'd be like, oh, okay, Tiny Katrina doesn't like me, that's fine. I don't want to die anyway, so it's okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've got a list of amazing names here. I always ask our fans and our group chat as well for random names. So if there are a few random names in there, I apologize for that. But you're welcome to pass. Oh god, what's it gonna be if you want? Um, so yeah, uh, one word to describe these people, but if you feel that you need to Wait, did you, did you say that I can pass on it as well? You can pass <laughs> on them if you really need to. If you really funny. need to. So, okay. Yeah, so just in case, when I, well, I don't know if that means something entirely different in other countries. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, just in case, because I know wrestling is a very political oh, landscape. So, yes, right. you know how it is. You know how it is out there. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's start with the nice ones. Uh, oh gosh, Hikaru Shida. Say it again, sorry. Hikaru Shida. Oh, awesome! There you go. Simple as. See, it's not. It's not, it's not that terrifying, <laughs> or at least it isn't yet. Um, what else can you say, really? That's fair. That's absolutely fair. What is it like seeing her representing the entire women's division in AEW? Just oh, so you must. I just love it. Like it. Oh God, I can't, it's just, it just seems like yesterday that, you know, I was borrowing my makeup, like she was borrowing my makeup works, you know, literally in the like dressing room, like it just, it, life just happened so quick and I just love seeing like what she's accomplished and what she's representing over there, like, oh God, it's, oh, you know, that passion, like, and that's what she was all about, she just really stuck in the fighting spirit and such an honour and a pleasure to work with her in Japan, like she was just great to work with. She was like lovely to be around. Like all, all those girls just they really just looked after you and they had your back and they're the real deal. Like they're tough, you know, and it shows definitely. Uh Rio Mizunami. Badass. She seems really fun though, really cool. Like, <laughs> like I love the energy. She's one of my personal yeah. favorites. Yeah. <laughs> She's got good it. personality. Yeah, love the chain, the get up. She's like, she's a gangster. Yeah. I love that. I'm really. Yeah, she is. She is. She's uh, kakoi, as we would say. <laughs> she's what? Sorry. She's something in Japan. The girls told me, and we learned it's very important. It's called kakoi, which means cool. She's very kakoi. Kakoi. I love this. It's like I'm getting like my own personal seminar and learning stuff. <laughs> it's fantastic. She's a massive geek. I told you. <laughs> I have no problem with that whatsoever. No <laughs> problems at all. Um, Aya Kong, or Arja Kong, excuse me. Phenomenal. Well, some, I asked somebody else who I 
won't name at the moment because the interview hasn't dropped, but they just said kaiju. <laughs> Joel, what? Was in- <laughs> no idea. Uh, I, I just, um, honestly, honest to God, she was just, she had, I can't even put into words how respectful that woman is. Like, she was like, I, like, she would always take the time to talk to me, like, hi, Heidi, how are you? How have you been? You know, and we'd have, and she, she was just, oh, God, such an incredible woman an incredible athlete and such an honor and a pleasure to work with her like it's, it's just every time we, we we wrestled so much over there like I just it was so fun wrestling like in the matches and we had like tag matches crazy stuff like that like she was just awesome like really caring like I felt like really protected and and she's just like like mum bear over there too not not just that she's like this powerful force that you just can't mess with but like just just in awe of her really like, like how much she's respecting how much respect she has for others like she just always went out of her way to be polite to me and respectful and, and would always in in Japan there's this thing where like I always this is just me though like I always will speak Japanese to um, my Japanese like fellow you know um and she would always speak English to me and it was like it was just so respectful and Satomura-san did does the same and that's why you know well we'll go into Satomura and later well she's just literally changed my life that woman but like that's you just shows you the level of respect and honor that these women have you know for their for their peers and for the other athletes like oh, I can't say enough about it uh, well you sport the next one Mako Satomura <laughs> there is really no way to describe that lady honestly what she's done for me what she's looked after me like she's done so much for me Satomura-san and I would say one word to describe her is just the ultimate like literally like she's just not only did she like I don't know if you know the backstory with me there but um it's a lovely little story so Satomura-san actually first like spotted me at a DDT show and uh, she's very, she uh, was like, oh, honey, you know, she, I guess, I, and I started working for her shows, like Sendai Girls, when, you know, we started, started doing matches and stuff. And I remember one day we had this meeting in a boardroom with, like, my manager and Satomura-san. She was up there and I was like, oh, God, what, what's going on? Like, oh, no, well done. Like, you know, because I always want to do my best there. And, like, I'm just, I'm really respectful. And she, she said to me, Heidi, I, I want you to be the first foreign member of my company please and I was like I mean is that a question like please yes and then she bless her she was like would you like to stay in your apartment in Tokyo would you like to move to Sendai and you know be in the dojo and train I was like uh that's not a question either so I packed up all of my life in Tokyo and moved like seven hours up to Sendai and started from scratch and I I I, I was I was like please show me the way Satsuma son like I'm very thankful that you would take you would put so much like um, a trust in me and like you just really you just saw something in me that I didn't really see myself and like you just have so much time for me and like you want me to be the first foreign member of your company like I'm just it's such an honor and we became very close from there and she's and Satomura-san has not only is she an incredible wrestler and athlete she is just an incredible lady like oh a heart of gold and she just has always looked after me and she's honestly I couldn't put it 
into words. But yeah, shout out to Sasha Morrison. I'm thrilled to hear that because I've been watching her for the best part of 20 years now. Yeah. I remember seeing her in WCW and being like, holy shit. Like, you know, and I love her work. I'm still screaming about her match with Kaylee Ray. <laughs> I wish people would watch her more and, re- and just appreciate how special she is. Um, we gave yeah. her a match with um, Killer Kelly match of the year on this podcast a couple of years ago. Like, we just... yeah. I just love her work. I love it. I genuinely think she's one of the greatest to ever do it. Um, Definitely. If not the greatest, just to be honest. So yourself oh, not included. You know, you've, you've still got you plenty of time to it. become the GOAT. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> you should see the dynamic that Satamara-san has. Like, just that shows, like, people just, this the air and, you know, that feeling if, if Satamara-san's around, like, you just feel safe, you just feel excited and you know that, like, it's happening like it's just this really awesome feeling of like power you know is it safe to say that in japan especially but overall uh women over men are a lot more respectful and look after each other a lot more like i I don't want to sort of draw like you know gender dynamics or anything like that but most of you know for instance you've got such a lovely positive cadence and you've spoken so kindly about so many amazing people and i've not heard a single bad thing which is lovely to hear but you know some guys come on and they're just like yeah so-and-so is a dick and you know stuff like that and i just think but whenever i speak to women's wrestlers i think it's something that's always helped me gravitate towards women's wrestling as a culture more is the level of respect and kindness because that isn't always afforded across the board especially in the world never mind wrestling (laughs) well honestly it's never plain sailing like it's you know we're not all just oh yeah airy fairy like we're still women's wrestling in japan is you are there's more pressure on you as a girl than there is as men and you know if you don't do well there's consequences and that's very much spread across wrestling as a whole in japan for the guys and for the girls Mm. and it's just that for just naturally and uh, women just and the girls we they and we just have to work harder and like there's so much stigma on there and and it's it's that's why everybody that's why all the girls over there are just so incredibly trained like because it really is like you're training for your life and honestly like it's never plain sailing anywhere like there hasn't been plain sailing for anybody i guess like sometimes you have good things sometimes you have bad things but i think um with the guys and the girls the the main thing is they just want to be the best they can be and that's really prominent that feeling over there like and there isn't it doesn't come into it like um trying to like not look out for people and stuff like when I've seen backstage I've seen the guys like sometimes guys have like they don't always have things that go to plan and I've I've seen like other boys just come in you know like and I just love seeing that because at the end of the day you know, you get along, you don't get along, you get this, you get that, but ultimately, we're all doing the same thing, and we should kind of see it, like, especially after what's happened, and with the bloody pandemic, and, like, all these things that have been going on, like, remember what is important, and wrestling, and we're fighting, we're putting on a show for the fans, and I've never really seen um, any mistreatment with the guys over there, I think, like I said, it's just taken very seriously, like, the sport, and people, like whether you're a man, girl, whatever, <laughs> animal, bloody big bird. I saw someone dressed as big bird. Back to you know, David like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 
plot, the, you know, the, the plot is the same. The goal is the same. You just wrestle and you just be the best you can be. I think that's really, that's what I realised over there. Like there was no, there was, everyone just looks out for each other, you know. I guess, I mean, I can't, I don't know. I've been hitting the head a lot over there. So I can't really, my boards and whatnot. <laughs> so wow. I can't speak for everybody, but from what I remember, yeah. I think that's a really beautiful place to leave it, to be honest. I really like that. So I won't bother throwing any more names at you. Uh, <laughs> I'll put you on this little journey with my tails. I never shut up, do I? No, I love it. I absolutely, I mean, I've always adored you and I do even more oh. so now. So thank you so much <laughs> for the opportunity you. to chat because um, oh. I think that... I, I don't know why, but I seem to be privy to a lot of different things. And a lot of people like the wrestle plug because it's very honest and candid and people can sound off however they like. But this has genuinely been one of the most positive and happy conversations I've had for a long time. And, you know, oh. we all have difficulties, myself included. So um, I'm oh. very grateful for that. Before we let you go, though, obviously, social media and things like that, you are obviously already very, very popular because... <laughs> obviously um you know because oh. legends mate legends i'm trying i'm trying getting there very slowly but surely i have a feeling that one day people are going to talk about you in the same kind of manner as they do oh. about so many incredible people you've mentioned oh that's really Saturday. nice thank so you. i genuinely believe that your work rate and you know like I just love the fact that you carry yourself with such professionalism. It's a real inspiration Thank to people you. like me. So, and I, as I always say, there is something very, very cool about being empowered by women, whether you're a man or a woman. So ultimately, thank you for helping empower our scene as well, because I know it has thank been you. quite difficult. Um, yeah, social thank media wise, where can people find you so they can basically fawn over how amazing you are like I have? <laughs> I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to keep my head above water, you know, it's hard out there, isn't it? Bloody yeah. hell. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, you can follow me on my Instagram, which is at Heidi Katrina with two A's, and my Twitter, which is at Heidi Katrina with two A's, and if you want to, like, buy some merch or see see what I'm up to art-wise, uh, you can check out my big cartel, which is Heidi Katrina, and Pro Wrestling Tees slash Heidi Katrina. And also, you should probably check out the Send Our Girls schedule for upcoming stuff as well. And you might, you know, just awesome. got to put that out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Trust me, if you get the opportunity to pay money to see Heidi Katrina, ladies and gentlemen, you absolutely should do it. Thank you. We're very blessed in Britain that it doesn't cost a great deal to go and get an amazing <laughs> evening's entertainment as far as wrestling goes. So <laughs> I, uh, I highly Thank recommend you. it. Um, yeah, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I know you're a very busy woman. So thank you very much. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Take care of yourself. Mwah!